0: You're listening to a Bournemouth University podcast. In this episode, we're joined by two volunteers from the local Samaritans branch, and they're going to tell us all about what they do for the charity, and how we as members of the Bournemouth University community can get involved and help. Hello, and welcome to another Bournemouth University podcast. I'm your host, Ella, and I'm joined by Carrie ann Randall, our Head of Student Wellbeing, and I'm joined today by two Samaritans, David and Charlotte. David, can I just get you to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, yes. So uh, thank you, first of all, for having us, Ella. It's fantastic. Uh, so I'm a listening volunteer with the Bournemouth branch of the Samaritans. Uh, I've been with the branch for more than five years now, and I'm also um, the coordinator for Bournemouth University for my branch as well.
0: Thank you. And Charlotte, can I get you to do the same? Hi,
2: my name's Charlotte. I'm the Deputy Director for the Outreach Team for Bournemouth Samaritans.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Um, so to start off, David, you mentioned your uh, you have a relationship with Bournemouth Uni there. Um, mm. What What's the relationship between Samaritans and BU?
1: Um, well, that relationship is fairly recent, actually. So it was only last year when we uh, uh started having stronger links with the university um so what that is is that we 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 use university as a way of raising awareness amongst young people and students and staff about what samaritans do and knowing that we can provide emotional support um because i know that the st- university obviously does have student well-being services but we are you know we are a um, massive charity that um uh, you know we, we want to work together with the university just to let people know, especially international students, that we are out there. Um, and we've we've organized different events. Over the last 12 months, we've actually done quite a lot of things. Um, and, you know, like I can go into a bit of detail now if you want me to or leave a, a, until later.
0: <laughs> detail will be great now. Yeah.
1: Oh, great. Uh, well, let me think. Gosh, my memory is not as good as it used to be. Uh, because... Yes, last year we were at the Freshers' Fair, for example. We had our own sort of table promoting what we do to all the freshers um, and to existing students as well. Um, then we did a very similar podcast to this. <laughs> Obviously, it was face-to-face. Uh, that was around October time. And I think in November, I might be mistaken, but I think it was November when there was a volunteer week or careers week. We were talking about volunteering opportunities with the Samaritans. We We spent a whole afternoon of... Talks with students um, at the campus, uh, talking about how to volunteer with us. And January this year, we had a massive show, uh which Dawn Dawson from, um, no, Dawn Parman, sorry, <laughs> uh, Dawn Palmer from the university was um, fantastic uh, about because basically what we did is we every night for two weeks we went to different halls of residence. Um, and again, we promote, we raise awareness of what we did. We provide some emotional support, actually, to some students as well. Um, and just trying to think, since COVID, since COVID nineteen hit, obviously there's been a bit v- of a radio silence, and we've been a bit restricted with what we can do. Um, however, we are currently planning a competition, a poster competition uh which dawn Parman will be announcing on the res life website and on the university website um on social media about creating a poster around mental health um which we're we're very excited about and let me think what else so that we were thinking actually of doing a repeat of the road show at the end of this month but because of all the recent government guidelines we've decided to postpone that until possibly november time and that's subject to you know to confirmation so there's been loads of things <laughs> happening. It's hard to summarize all of that. Um, and the university and Kerry, you know, you've all been great in terms of helping to get our word out there on sort the of monitors on, in the students' bar as well. Um, so it's all fantastic. It's a very nice dual relationship between us and the university.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, Kerry, I guess how how does the relationship with the Samaritans kind of complement the existing wellbeing stuff that that your team offer students?
3: So the Samaritans um, is a fantastic resource that we have locally because students and staff can ring them at any time of the day or night. Um, without the sort of COVID restrictions, they have a drop-in in in central Bournemouth, but of course that's closed at the moment. You can text, you can email, and it's just that listening ear. It's just having that opportunity for anyone anonymously to talk to somebody about how they're feeling or how they're worried about somebody else. And um, we're really fortunate at Bournemouth University to have such a strong partnership with the local Samaritans in Bournemouth. Um, I think our students and staff are lucky that we've, we've got that in place.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, David and Charlotte, how has your um, your life with the Samaritans changed since COVID? Has it at all?
2: Absolutely. Um, for the first year, I started off as a listening volunteer um, and worked myself up um, up until I became a director, well, deputy director for the outreach team. That involves going into the community and um, working with people such as in schools, um, the police station, the university. We work with the railway and we just generally go and do you know lots of talks to individuals as well
0: which i guess you can't do right now
2: no no it's been quite difficult. when we when we go into um schools what we um have been trying to do is actually present a presentation talk so we we'll talk about emotional support um we also go into the community as well and you know we just show who we are what we do how we can support people.
1: Yeah, and answering your question, Ella, um, I was gonna say, obviously COVID has hit us the same way it's hit a lot of other charities, um, because as when we provide emotional support, we do this either face-to-face over the telephone or over email, and with COVID, we've had to basically put the face-to-face on hold, which means that we're still available to people, but it's done over the telephone or email. So we're still out there. And we're still receiving quite a high number of calls.
2: It has been quite difficult to spell throughout COVID because of the fact that as a branch, we haven't been able to get together and especially with like training, um, unfortunately that hasn't, you know, we haven't been able to do that. So instead we set up um, Zoom and we've been doing a lot of training through that, which is the first time ever, and it's been a huge success. Um, they, I think our last group started in January and they've now gone through, they're actually on the telephone now, which has been fantastic. Um, any of our meetings that we have has all been through Zoom as well, so we can, you know that can be quite entertaining.
1: Oh, I think Kerry's oh. asking something, but we can't hear her.
2: Kerry, we can't hear you, <laughs> you've muted yourself. I did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the
3: next door neighbor's mowing his lawn. And um, so I was muting because I could hear the sound. So apologies for that. This is real life. Um, I was asking about whether you could tell us a little bit more about this sort of training program for volunteers. And, and that because it's still going ahead, I think it might appeal to some of our students and colleagues who, you know, want to give something back into the community, maybe want to start learning a little bit more about the, the role as a Samaritan and, um, and helping out.
2: Um, if anybody is interested in joining the Samaritans, um, if they can contact central office and then somebody will get in touch with them. Um, first of all, what will happen is you'll have a selection date if you are invited. Um, and then you come in and we just have a general talk about what Samaritans is, what the training will be like. The actual The actual training will probably take about six weeks in total. And then once that happens, you'll have a mentor um, who you will go on the telephone with and they'll support you for at least six to eight times. And then you're kind of like, you know, when you feel ready to be able to achieve what, what you want to do, um, you're kind of left to roll yourself, which is being, you know, it can be quite nervous at first, but it's also very, very exciting.
1: Yeah. And the training is quite comprehensive. It, um You know, it used to be a a few more modules when I used to when I um, trained as a volunteer, but it covers lots of things. So you're not left unprepared. Uh, You've got lots of practice as well. Um, And we've recently introduced a couple of years ago, a safeguarding module. So that was quite a big change to the whole policy and training element of Samaritans. But it's very, very comprehensive, (laughs) I have to say.
2: We do lots of role play as well, which has been quite entertaining, especially on a Zoom meeting. <laughs> um, we're trying, like, act the the whole call. Um, so it could be anything where somebody phoning about, say, they've gone through a bereavement, they're struggling with their exams, they're feeling um, suicidal. Um, a lot of people think, especially when we go into schools, that Samaritans are only there for people who are actually feeling suicidal. We're not. You could just be having a really really bad day you could be feeling lonely um it's just a chance to be able to talk express your feelings reflect um samaritans we're there to listen we don't give advice um we're just there to like support you with whatever you need we also do a lot of signposting so so, say somebody had some debt problems and they didn't know where to go like I said we can't give advice on that but we can put you in touch with somebody.
3: What's the um, the best thing for, for both of you about being a Samaritan? What is it that sort of drives you to want to continue with your volunteering?
2: Well at the Samaritans when we go in we've all got different names um, so that at the end of our shift we will debrief to our leader um, just to make sure that we feel okay as well because sometimes some of these calls can be quite challenging um, and when we finish Samaritans at the end of the day, we just walk out and we're back to our normal our normal names. but it's it's lovely because it's such a close community there. And if you are struggling after you've left your shift, you can phone that leader, you can phone other Samaritans, um, just to have that support. And it's been brilliant. I mean, the team that we've got, we've probably got about 160 volunteers now. Not all of them work in the actual branch. Some could be working as part of our friends where we do a lot of fundraising. They could be part of the training. We've also got a Samaritan shop, um, which is fantastic. And that's where a lot of our friends come as well. Um, we don't get paid for what we do either. All of um, Samaritan's work is um, voluntary, but we feel we get so much more back. It helps with our mental health, it helps with our well being um, for us to be able to understand what life is actually like. And it's just so rewarding that when you get off that phone and it's been a really, really hard call hopefully we've really made a difference to somebody and a lot of a lot of people actually turn around and you can just be chatting for 40 minutes and then suddenly one word triggers something and that caller would just turn around and say oh my god i can't believe you know because we've been reflecting on the whole call and it's sounding you know expressing everything back to them and repeating things that really helps them to move forward but unfortunately, not if we call this like
1: that. Yeah, for me personally, um what uh, really drives me to continue volunteering with the Samaritans is knowing that I'm making a difference to, to someone's life. Um as Charlotte said, not all calls are like that. But you know, when you've had a, a call with someone and they say at the end, you know, thank you for listening, you know, even though that sounds like such a simple sentence, there's actually quite a lot behind that sentence um and you might not realize it but you've just you know you've just devoted your time to 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 this person um so knowing that they're not alone knowing that they're not going to be judged on this phone or given advice knowing that they're just being listened to is actually a very powerful tool that a lot of people underestimate nowadays and you get to meet lots of lovely volunteers we're actually quite a big branch um in bournemouth um, I still haven't met all 160 volunteers, to be honest with you, but I just love talking to them. I just love seeing you know, what their perspectives are um, because all of them come from different backgrounds. Uh, you, As Charlotte said, you never left on your own, you're always supported by other volunteers, so your mental health is you know, just as important as everyone else's mental health. It's a lovely place.
2: Yeah, we have lots of teams at Samaritans as well. Like I said, we've got the shop, we've got the friends. Um, we've got the training but also part of the directors um, group you'll have a um, deputy director for each part of the Samaritans like for the friends um, for building and maintenance and we've got an amazing director as well he's really kind of like changed the branch in the last year as well
3: I can certainly vouch for that having uh, met him several times. But um, David, is it is it fair of me to say that you know Bournemouth University quite well?
1: I do indeed. I did my master's there. <laughs> so um, I do miss it because that was, what, five years ago now. Um, but I feel like I identify with a lot of the struggles that some of the current students might be having, even though I didn't have to do my lectures online or remotely. Um, You know, I don't share these experiences, but I know that there's still other experiences like, let's say, feeling homesick or feeling like you're not quite sure where to go to or taking on too much. Um, You know, these are definitely things that I identify with. And in a way, I kind of want to give something back to those students.
0: So um, if I was to phone up the Samaritans or text the Samaritans, would I speak to someone in Bournemouth? Would I speak to one of you guys? What happens when I phone up?
1: Um, So it used to be more where you would... You know your call would be more likely to be redirected to a local branch but for a couple of years now you know the likelihood of someone from dorset answering your call is the same as someone let's say from scotland answering it so we've got 201 branches in the whole country and your call can get to any one of those uh, so it's very it's basically on a random basis because i know that some people were worried oh you know what happens if i call and i hear a familiar voice as in you know i recognize the person who's on the other side of the phone Um, so the chances of that are very very slim i have to say um but you will hear a voice whether it's male female doesn't matter but the first sentence you would hear is samaritan's can I help you and from then onwards it's just it's your call it's the way it revolves
0: that's brilliant um and I think we touched on this before, but you're not just there if somebody's kind of at that immediate moment of crisis, are you you're there for, for anything?
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, I think last year when we were doing that talk about volunteering, we one of our slides was basically showing some stats. And I think it said something that, let's say, 24, 25% of our calls are from people who are feeling suicidal. So actually, three quarters of people who call us are not calling us because they are At that point in their life Um, as charlotte said it could be something very different it could be something quite minor but it's still affecting them emotionally Um, so regardless our job is to basically support them in that moment in time because they need us
2: the only time when they'd probably be able to get through to bournemouth is if we had an assigned caller where they needed our support so it would then be Kind of like sent over to Bournemouth, and somebody would say if it's um, through email, especially somebody would just reply to that person and just ensure that everything's okay. And whenever whenever we sign our emails as well, we always sign it from Joe, so that way um, whoever's taken on you know whoever's doing that shift, they would read through the emails um, and then. They just reply to the last message, and it continues to keep going.
3: Do you get quite a few emails? Is, is emails and texts are they quite um, are they quite regularly used, or is it still mainly the phone?
2: Absolutely, because sometimes it could be um, it could be a situation where, say, somebody is unable to talk to that person. Um, say, so, you know, somebody's unable to talk around a certain person. Maybe it's a husband or parents so being able to just text whenever um, that's when a lot of people you know are able to do it also some people don't want to talk on the telephone they just find it easier just to say if we think um everything in an email everything in a text that way they can like say it they can repeat it back to themselves and it helps them to think in different ways everybody's different
1: and just to say that we we did used to have the the text service which stopped around to the beginning of the year. So people can still contact us without necessarily talking on the phone because some people can be anxious about that. So if you email us uh, at, I think it's joe at samaritans.org, you will get a reply from any volunteer in the country Um, because I know that let's say because of COVID, some people, you know, lots of people have been living together and it's been a lot harder to actually talk on the phone in private. So that's where the email might actually come quite in handy for some people.
2: Sometimes as well, if it's been a really difficult call and we feel that um, that person he's called really does need our support and we're quite concerned about them, we may offer them a follow up call. So if they turn around and say, I'd like a follow up call, um, I've got court next week. I'm really anxious about it. Um, could you give me a call after the court date um, just to see how I am? Um that's you know a lot of things that we can actually offer for somebody.
3: That's great. I'm assuming that emails as well sort of fit in with with life, don't they? So you can email from your phone whether whether you're at home, out, on the bus. So it's it's kind of quite a, a good sort of um method to use.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Hmm. I wanted to touch background um to your time as a student, David, if I may. Did you start volunteering for the Samaritans while you were studying?
1: It's interesting, actually, because I did my undergrad in Exeter. And in my final year there, that's when I actually learned about the Samaritans. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, Samaritans, is this some sort of you know, religious group? I wasn't quite sure at the beginning at all what to think about them. Um, and then when I learned what they actually do, I was like, oh, you know, I'm very interested in volunteering with you guys. So I remember going to the branch there. Um, But because it was towards the end of my academic year, they said, well, actually, it probably makes more sense for you to wait until we move to Bournemouth and contact their local branch. Um, And that's what I did. So it was 2014. Yeah, so really 2014 is when I um, contacted the Bournemouth branch um, and I was doing my master's at the time. Um, So I remember just as Charlotte described the whole process, I basically went through the information evening where they spoke about it using a very old... uh, VHS type or DVD, I remember that very clearly for some reason. <laughs> um, but it was really lovely because I got to meet a lot of lovely people. And and then you go through an interview process, uh, you know, because obviously you're dealing with vulnerable people. You might get calls from people on the 18 as well. But you do need to get a DPS check. Um, there's a selection evening where you do group exercises and you observe that just to sort of see how you interact with other people. And after that, you've got the six mentoring shifts uh, with a mentor. So it is a long process. I believe it took me sort of two months roughly to um, uh, to finish the training process. And I had to sort of fit that with uh, my education as well. But thankfully the training was in the evening sort of seven till 10ish or half nine. Uh, so I was able to fit it in.
2: Once you've um, completed the training, as part of your team, you'll find you'll become very, very close throughout these months. And that's something which you tend to like form a really good relationship moving forward. Also when you've got a mentor, that's amazing because that person will be there for you the whole time. So if you have any problems um, and you want to talk to them about anything, you can always go back to them. you know, it's just been a fantastic experience the whole time I've been there. I've absolutely loved it.
3: Can I just ask, that people might be wondering, um, is there any cost to doing the training to the person who wants to do it? Is is there a cost associated with with wanting to become a volunteer?
2: We Samaritans will pay for everything. We do get a lot of support from central office, but unfortunately we have to raise our own funding, um, and that's to cover the expense of the whole of the building um travel expenses for some of our volunteers to come in as well what else do we have to pay for oh goodness there's just so much um leaflets um posters anything we have to pay for for all that stuff the training that's not expense. that's um quite costly as well and at the end of some of the um, training sessions, some we have had the odd invi- individual who just feels this really isn't for me, and unfortunately they're unable to like find that out right until the end. But for most, it's been really, really successful. Good. So, so some something uh, that students or staff can do, and and
3: they yeah. don't have to worry about having to pay for the training themselves. But no, you know, they- more than financial, by the sounds of it.
2: Yeah, that, you know, we we pay for all of their training and that's um, the community. We have a lot of do, um, donations from the community itself. Um, as I said before, the shop, we've raised a lot of money through that. Um, lovely people given lots of stuff to the shop, which, you know, helps to support us.
1: Yeah, the cost is basically your time. <laughs> There's no money involved. But yeah.
3: It's good, good to know that students could do the training and then they can take that skill with them back if they don't live in Bournemouth, if they're going back home or if they're going to a different part of the country, they could take that training with them and then,
2: you know, continue their volunteering in another branch. Yeah, they can transfer to any branch that they want.
1: Yeah, as long as you're 18 and willing to, you know, to do this, um, you know, ideally on a longer term basis, I mean, obviously we can't stop people from leaving, then, you know, that's, that's pretty much all our entry criteria
2: definitely um there's lots of different reasons why people join the samaritans as well some people are just lonely and they want to give something back into the community and they're hoping it will encourage them to be able to work as part of a team but um behind most um, samaritans there is a story for some there isn't like i said they just generally want to do something good But we've had a lot of Samaritans who've gone through bereavements themselves um, to forces, um, mental health. And they're just some of the skills which are fantastic to bring to Samaritans because when you're taking that call, you can really, really get down into that dark tunnel with them and really understand what they are saying. And like I said before, we can't give advice, but them just knowing that we're there for them, that means
1: so so much to them yeah and mental health is actually quite a a big one because it's one of the uh, biggest reasons why people call us together with loneliness Um, and I know that in the past uh, we've put a lot of emphasis on that on let's say world mental health day and mental health awareness week um, because it's something that affects everyone all of us have got mental health um, but all of us can struggle at times and it's okay to say that
3: it's okay to to need to talk to someone it's okay to you know not to be okay and and that's the the real mantra that we've got at the university and and you know trying to encourage students to understand when they need to talk to someone and the fact that when they do then actually you know that's uh something that all of us most of us will go through
0: Thank you for listening. If you need help or support, you can call the Samaritans 24 hours a day for free on 116 123.